Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. As a former lonely man who dreaded the holidays, I know that encouragement from a friend can make all the difference in the world. You see, the holidays can amplify what we don't have. Uh, many, there are many people that are going through the holiday season. Here in America, we have Thanksgiving at the end of November, and then Christmas comes right on the heels of that, and then there is the New Year's. And so with those three special occasions coming back to back to back, it can really amplify, especially if a person is alone. Maybe this is their first holiday season where they are going through a divorce Perhaps they have lost someone special to them, a friend, a spouse, a child, or a parent. The first time around through a holiday, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, or really any other holiday, or a birthday, that can be very similar. But the first time through those days after the loss of someone special to you, it can really be a difficult time. And so every time of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas, I always have these thoughts, not in a morbid way, not in a disappointed way. I praise God for the life that I have, but I never want to forget the life that I had. And there was a season in my life when I was very much alone. Oh, I could go to the church meeting and sit there with a thousand people. But you can really be alone, even in the midst of a thousand people. There is a loneliness of the soul that can only be connected relationally with those who are special to you. But if those people are not there anymore, you can have friends all around you, but you're never, it's never lost on you that you are a lonely person and there's something that's missing in your life. Now, maybe this is not that season for you, and I praise God if you have uh, your special friends with you during the holiday, but you know that's not true for everyone. And so my appeal for you is to think through this holiday season and ask the Lord to help you to give you that that peripheral vision to be able to see maybe somebody is lonely. Uh, One of the ironies of lonely people is they tend not to reach out. And so they're not going to raise their hand and say, hey, I am a lonely person. Would you come around me? Would you invite me over? And this is an opportunity for us as believers to imitate the gospel where we are being intentionally intrusive in other people's lives, even if we're unsure. We don't want to be tentative, and we also don't want to succumb to the bystander effect. The bystander effect is when everybody is looking at a situation and everybody assumes that somebody else is going to take care of it. That's the bystander effect. So rather than just assuming or thinking that somebody else is going to take care of this individual, or if you're not sure of their relational situation, why not go ask? Hey, friend, uh, what are you doing this Thanksgiving? Uh, What are you doing Christmas? Or what are you doing over at New Year's? We would love for you to come to our home. We'd love to break bread together. Now, maybe their, their schedule is full and maybe everything is okay, but it never hurts to ask. I remember my first Thanksgiving after my wife and children left. It was 1988, and it was just... It, it was one of the most difficult 
times of my entire life. I mean, there were several years there collected together that was just extremely challenging. But Thanksgiving was especially acute. I left Greenville, South Carolina, and I I made the trek 135 miles to my hometown in North Carolina for a Thanksgiving time with my extended family, with my grandmother. And as we were gathered around the table getting ready to pray, well, I was really the only person that was a Christian or was really committed to the Christian faith. And so as per usual, I was the resident prayer. Anytime we got together, I was the one that they called on to pray, and I was very glad to do it. But I remember that particular Thanksgiving when, well, sure enough, they called on me to pray, and and I did. Uh, But I prayed through many tears. I just could not get it together. And so I was genuinely thanking God for his kindness upon me, for our family, and maybe a few other things I don't remember. But I was also legitimately broken as well. It was bittersweet, as you might say. And even as I rehearse that now, I can I can still see in my mind's eye that day when I was standing in the corner of the dining room, blubbering, praying, thanking God, and crying. And I imagine it was quite awkward. But I was lonely. I was lonely even though I was around my family who, who loved me. And then when I came back to Greenville and, and participated in our local church, I was lonely inside that local church, even though I had many wonderful friends who truly loved me and we had wonderful times together. But that's what the holidays are. If it's a first for you, a, a first as far as having a loss, a parent, a child, a spouse, a close friend, and then you go through the holiday season and you you feel it. It is that kind of loneliness. You can be by yourself and you can be alone. That's one thing and probably not bad for most of us, but there is a deeper loneliness that penetrates the soul and you can feel it whether you're by yourself or with a hundred people. And then all the memories that you have made throughout your life with your special relationships, uh, those memories can come back in a haunting way because of this void that you have in your life. And so I just want to share with you a few thoughts. I've titled this again, the No Thanks for Thanksgiving, Confession of a Former Lonely Man, And I am that former lonely man. And so if you want to read, it's a very brief article on our website. It's at lifeovercoffee.com. I would love for you to read it. Now, at the end, I have a case study that I want to share with you. And that case study is from our Mastermind program. It is one of 48 case studies that our students have to do throughout their program. But I want to share this particular case study with you. It's something that I rarely do in any of the content that I produce. But I want to share this case study because of the moment, because of the holiday season. And maybe this would be a good time for three or four or five of you to get together and work through uh, this case study together and just think through how you can bless uh, someone in your local church or in your sphere of influence. And I will share that with you. Uh, in just a moment. Uh, 
Hello, everyone. I am Rick Thomas, and my address is lifeovercoffee.com. I'm very glad that you are here. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. Again, you can read what I'm sharing with you, or you can watch it's on a video, or you can listen to the audio. It is in a podcast, and I would love for you to do that. By the way, if you haven't picked up our Life Over Coffee bookmark, all you have to do is to click the um, chat bubble in our website at the bottom right-hand corner. And uh, if it's during business hours, you can just give your address or where you would like for us to send these. And we would love to send these bookmark prayer cards to you. We'll give them to you free. Uh, just ask. If it's after business hours, you click the same bubble, but it will give you an opportunity to plug in your email and then uh, tell us what you want and give us the address that you would like for us to send these. And we would love to give you some of our business cards because we do want you to pray uh, for our ministry, Life Over Coffee. And so this is a prayer card. This is a bookmark. And then on the back of it, for those of you watching the video, you see here, and those listening by the podcast, there is a QR code. And if you put your camera over this QR code, it will take you right to our website. So this is a a a try a try card, maybe I could say a prayer card, a business card, and also a bookmark. But we want to give these away, and I give them out all the time everywhere I go, maybe in an annoying way. But people have been grateful. No one has turned me down, and they're very appreciative. Uh, but it says Life Over Coffee, Conversations for Transformation. And that's, that's who we are. Uh, we create resources that I hope will spark conversations that lead to transformation. And this particular resource that I'm sharing with you right now is one of those. And so I trust that you will have a conversation with someone, particularly a lonely person, more specifically someone who may be going through some type of loss this holiday season, and that it will create some kind of transformative experience for this individual. And who knows? Probably for you too. And so I want to talk about no thanks for Thanksgiving the confession of a former lonely man. The holiday season is a time for reflection and gratitude for the things that the Lord has done in our lives. Now, Thanksgiving is a specific holiday in America, but Thanksgiving and gratitude should be our ontological, our state of being throughout the year. But I look forward to Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving. Uh, unfortunately, in our commercialized age that we live in now, Thanksgiving is rapidly kicked to the curb as people start celebrating Christmas. We were just in uh, Home Depot uh, last week and noticed that all the Christmas decorations are up, and that is even before Halloween. And I'm like, I don't care if they kick Halloween to the curb, but I'm like, what happened to Thanksgiving? We're not going to do Christmas now. We're going to enjoy Thanksgiving. And though we are grateful 
all the days of our lives as Christians because that is the will of God for us to express thanks. Here in America, we have a day. We have a special Thursday that, that bleeds into the weekend, and we call that our, thanks, our Thanksgiving season. And there is an expectation of appreciation during these special occasions. Now, granted, gratitude does steady our hearts throughout the year, but the holidays do have a particular way of stirring up reflective thoughts about God's active goodness in our lives. And this time of the year is really special because you do have Thanksgiving and then a few weeks later you have Christmas and then a week later you have the new year's the, the new year. And so this is a special season of about a month, and it, it really is a festive time, and it should be a positive time for all of us, and especially Christians, because Christians should be the most grateful people in all the world, because our greatest problem in our lives was resolved at the cross of Christ. On Golgotha's hill, Christ took our sins, he took our unrighteousness, and he gave us an alien righteousness, and now we have his righteousness as ours, freely given, unmerited. We were regenerated, born again, and the number one problem that anybody will ever have, the most significant problem that we all have, is our broken relationship with God, our Creator, and that was resolved at the cross, and God imposed himself in our lives, and we are regenerated and born again. And for that reason, thoughts about God's active goodness in our lives is something that steadies us every day. But I wish I could say it was that way for all of our brothers and sisters. It's not. There is a darker side to the holidays, and I know some of you who are listening to this, you have experienced the darker side of the holidays. As sin's brokenness in all of our lives, it never takes a holiday. And so what is supposed to be a time for rejoicing is a time for sadness for many people. Now, if you are sad, I'm not suggesting that you have done anything wrong. I'm saying that you, like me and the rest of us, you, you live in a fallen world. And that means that image bearers will have a season of sorrow. In fact, we will have multiple seasons of sorrow. And that's why those who aren't going through those seasons, they are on guard that they are vigilant, that they're always scanning the periphery and they're looking for those possible lonely people so that they can go and be Jesus to them. Because some of our friends will endure their first holiday without someone that they love. It could be divorce, or maybe it is separation that is leading to divorce. Perhaps it is death. Loneliness and relational conflict those things are usually most acute during the holiday season. And so as you enjoy your family, families and friends during this time, there will be others who will do all that they can do to muster a smile, hoping that this season will quickly 
uh, quickly end. And while we emote with joy, we want to remember sorrowful people. Let me give you an illustration of how it went for me. One of the things that I did, uh, not just during the holiday season, but it was a regular occurrence because uh, during that time that my wife left and our two children, they were three and five years old at the time, again, 1988, and even though it was a long time ago, uh, there are still seasons in my life where I find myself alone. Let's say my wife and our children are, are gone and I, I'm here at the house by myself. This just happened not so long ago as I was here one evening on a Friday night by myself. And I started having those feelings of being alone. And I was so I was surprised. I was caught by surprise because usually I'm like always around somebody. I mean, I'm always engaged with people, immersed in people or people problems. I'm always interacting with people. But there was a there was a parenthesis of time to where my family was gone just a couple of weeks ago, and as I was uh, putzing around the house. Uh, those memories from 33, 34 years ago, they came back almost like a flood. Uh, what our culture would call that would be uh, PTSD. I don't buy into the acronym, but I do buy into the reality of of past sorrow and deep hurts can have a reverberating effect in your life uh, that can even affect you and and, and cause uh, those kinds of shockwaves even 30-something years later. But I was surprised by it, and I was talking to Lucia about it afterwards, that it is something that happens that's so profound it is so deep that you can get three decades past it, and if the context is right, the situation is right, in my case, being alone one evening, and your mind drifts back to that, it is almost like you are reliving some of that again, and you can just feel that deep sorrow. And that's what happens. I mean, people will try to muster a smile. But really, they're just hoping the season will quickly end. And that's the way it was for me. The weekends were always the worst. One of the things that I would do during this season of my life that went on for several years, actually, I had a friend that I went to uh, Bible college with. His name was Eddie. He lives in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And he had gone back to Hattiesburg to his home to live where he is today. Uh, I visited with Eddie in 2019. And it was so special, and I, I miss him a lot. We had some wonderful times together. But back then, when he was in Hattiesburg 30 years ago, uh, it's 535 miles uh, to Hattiesburg, Mississippi from Greenville, South Carolina, give or take a mile or two. What I would do on Friday evening uh, when I got off work at 5 o'clock, I would get in my car, and I would not even go home. I would get in my car and drive the nine to 10 hours to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I would get there sometime around two or three o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning because I did not want to go home. I didn't want to be there 
Saturday and Sunday by myself because it was so lonely. I wanted to be with someone, and there were many weekends where I would drive to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, nine hours through the night to be with my friend and his family. And then after the church meeting on Sunday evening at 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night, I would get in my car and drive all the way back to Greenville, South Carolina, and I would drive into work at 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday morning. And so what I was doing was was bypassing the weekend because the weekend put me in my home, in my little house trailer in the woods, and, and there was like no sound. There was no noise, and all I could hear was the refrigerator running. And a loud refrigerator in a lonely house with a lonely heart is a reminder of everything that you don't have. And so I was trying to fill my days with busyness and people. And so that's one of the things that I did many times back during that season of loneliness. But when Thanksgiving came, it was especially acute because the memories of how Thanksgivings used to be, they do come back in a rush. And you do try to muster a smile, but at the end of the day, it is a thinly veiled facade because your heart uh, is very sad. Now, I had some good friends also, in addition to uh, Eddie. I remember one couple that they uh, invited me over one Thanksgiving, and I had a meal with the husband and wife and their four children, and it was a wonderful act of God's kindness. But even when I was with them, I always felt like I was a, a pair of brown shoes on a tux. You feel just a little bit out of place. You're the spare tire in the trunk of the car. And so you have these thoughts running through your head because even going over over to this family as they were enjoying their Thanksgiving, it was very, I was very much aware of what I didn't have. And so my appeal to you without guilt tripping you, but just to appeal to you to think of who is in your sphere that you can engage during the holiday season, we're going to emote with joy and gratitude and we should do that in a shameless and guiltless way. But we also want to remember that there are sorrowful people all around us, and so therefore we do want to be intentionally intrusive uh, in each other's lives. And so there will be what happened to me was many decades ago, uh, but as I get to this time of the season, I do want to share these things, and I do every year. I share these things uh, through this ministry because those years always remind me of how things were, and it always points me to how things are in uh, so many people's lives uh, today. Now, I didn't see that season through the lens of God's future God's redemptive purposes in my life. I now understand that he was creating a narrative back then, and he was going to flip that narrative. And what was intended for evil was going to be intended for good. And God has brought much good through that sorrow. He's brought much good through that suffering and that pain. And I see that now. But the loneliness was so intense that uh, I could... You, you could literally feel it, emotionally feel it. It was very powerful. And, and my goal back then uh, was just to survive. 
uh, counting the days until it was over. And maybe this will help you as, as far as a piece of advice. If you're interacting with someone who uh, is that lonely, the appeal is this is really not a time to counsel them through the weekend, let's say, of Thanksgiving. Yeah, there is a spiritual need. Uh, maybe there's e- even a need for an admonition, uh, but there's a need for encouragement as well. But I wouldn't turn these events into counseling sessions. Uh, I would just turn them into time-consuming sessions because all that person is trying to do is just to get through the weekend. They just want time to pass. They want to get from Wednesday to next Monday. Uh, here in America to get through the Thanksgiving weekend. And so it's time that is the enemy. It is extended time in a lonely situation that really compounds our struggles, and it opens us up to so many temptations. And so rather than making it a counseling session, just make it a time that you can spend with them. It doesn't have to be hyper-spiritual. You can watch a football game. A football game can be four or five hours if you extend it. Uh, Sometimes going to a movie or just having hospitality, things that just fill up that person's day to help them to guard their heart as they try to endure a season of loneliness and loss. So if the Lord places someone on your mind, please do something uh, for them. Let your care be practical. Let it be intrusive. Now, perhaps your lonely friend will say that that they are all fine, that they're okay, everything is good, and then they will shuffle out the door of the church building on Sunday. Do not let their discretion influence you. Give them space in your life. A lot of people have this, I don't want to bother you mindset. And that vibe is intensified during a season of loneliness that's juxtaposed to a holiday like Thanksgiving or Christmas. And so if they say that they're fine, uh, go ahead and be prepared for the next thing that you're going to say. Well, I'm glad you're fine, but I would love for you to come over and let's just spend some time together. Or maybe I can just come over to your place and, and hang with you. There is a Christian propriety, and sometimes we take Christian propriety too far, and, and, and they can give you Christian knees that I am okay, God is good, and, and I'm just doing fine. Again, don't let them off the hook so easily. You remember Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting in verse number 9, uh, where Solomon said, two are better than one uh, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fail, one will lift up his fellow. And so I've titled this, No Thanks for Thanksgiving, A Confession of a Former Lonely Man. And I am that former lonely man. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions, and then I want to roll into this case study uh, that we give to our mastermind students. And so question number one, who do you know that is lonely during the holidays? Perhaps this is the first year for someone going through a divorce, a separation, the losing of a spouse, a parent, a child, or a friend. Who do you know? Now, maybe you don't know, but if God puts somebody on your mind, be that sensitive to the illuminations of the Spirit. Uh, Just take that as, I need to find out, and be that intrusive, And, and it's okay. I mean, it's just us, and if you're wrong, you're wrong, but it's just us. There's no harm, no foul. Uh, Just ask. I had rather ask and be wrong 
You know, it's like in the church meeting where you have met someone 10 times now and you don't know their name and you don't want to ask them their name. Who cares? Just go ask them their name. Because I know I met you 10 times now and you told me your name seven of those 10 times, but I can't remember. Would you tell me your name again? It's fine. It's just us. It's just Christians. We don't have anything to hide, anything to protect, anything to guard. Just be intentionally intrusive. And so if you think if it, that that person is alone or God places this person uh, on your heart, just go and ask and then get beyond the first question when they tell you they're okay or they're fine. Number two, what practical way can you reach out to bless a lonely soul this holiday season? And then number three, finally, if you are that lonely person, Will you reach out to someone? It's it's not just inverted where it's on the person to do the initiation. Don't think that you are bothered. Don't fall for that trap. People are busy, especially during the holiday season, and they can look right through you. They can look past you. It's not that they don't care, but sometimes we can overlook the needs of others And you know that's true because you do it too. And so if you're that lonely person, then just reach out and just ask. Again, it's just us. It's just us Christians. It's okay. And so let's make it go both ways. Uh, Don't sit back and expect somebody to initiate. You initiate as well. And you can have those conversations. Or what you could do is find a lonely person and do the very same thing. Maybe there's a widow lady in your church that needs something done, the raking of her leaves or uh, doing some kind of maintenance task. This would be a wonderful opportunity to bless her and also fill up your calendar with time so you can get through this arduous and difficult and lonely weekend. And so you're not a bother. And so you ask God to to put you in places to where you can engage others. All right, so I want to share a case study with you from our mastermind training course. Our students have to do 48 case studies throughout their program. And so what I would love for you to do is that if you get together with one or two or three people, you can print this off to them. Go to the bottom of the page uh, from the article on the website, lifeovercoffee.com. And you can print the entire article that I just shared with you. You can also print this case study too. And you can send it to three or four friends and it would be a wonderful conversation for you all to have. And so I titled this similar to the, the article that I've written here, No Thanks for Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving is Biff's first without his wife and children. Mabel left him this past spring. You can tell that this is somewhat autobiographical. Mabel left him this past spring, the culmination of a mediocre marriage that muddled along for 17 years. Biff has three teenage sons, all of whom live with their mom and blame him for the divorce. For the most part, Biff repents of the sins he brought into their marriage. He has been reestablishing himself in his local church, and most people have gotten used to his new lifestyle without Mabel and the children. But it's been hard for Biff to mesh with his old friends. He's too old for the singles, and he's too single for the other older couples. There has been a temptation to act as though he is worse off, so people will remember his plight, hoping they will not lose interest in him. By the way, that is exactly something that I did. I felt like that if I acted as though, or if I was legitimately doing better, 
that people would forget me and I would be lost in the shuffle and I, and I would recoil back into that lonely condition that I had been suffering through for so many years. And so even though I was legitimate, <coughs> excuse me, even though I was legitimately doing better, sometimes I would act as though I was not because I did not want them to lose interest in me because the loneliness was just excruciating at times. This weekend, many of the church families are traveling or they have made local arrangements with family and friends. Mabel and the boys are going to another state to be with her parents. To date, no one has included Biff in their plans. Biff calls you for help and encouragement. Now, this is what I was saying earlier, uh, that for the lonely person, you reach out. Uh, don't put the initiation, expectation of initiation, always on other people. Uh, if you are hurting, you physically, you go to the doctor. You don't wait for the doctor to just randomly show up. And so there is a responsibility on us. And in this case, Biff, uh, he reached out and he called for encouragement. And so that is the scenario that our students would answer. And now I want to uh, share uh, four questions with you, and these are the actual questions in this particular case study. So Biff calls you for encouragement based on the data that I just um, presented to you. Question number one, what would you tell Biff? Question number two, how would you help him theologically? Question number three, what would be your practical advice for Biff? Accent mark on practical. Number four, if you have had a similar experience, what would you have liked to have happened to you or what, or what others did for you that helped you through this difficult time? And so that is a case study that our students have to do. It's titled, No Thanks for Thanksgiving. I have attached it at the bottom of this article that's titled, No Thanks for Thanksgiving Confession of a Former Lonely Man. If you need somebody to reach out to, I would encourage you. If you are a supporter of our ministry, you're, you're a financial underwriter of our ministry, we do have a private forum for you, and, and I would love for you to reach out to us and let us know that you are lonely and you would like some encouragement. I'm putting the onus on you because I would not know uh, if you are or not. And so if you are lonely and this is a difficult season for you and you are a supporter of our ministry, you know we have private forums for our supporters. And so please reach out. If you are not a supporter, that's fine. We don't want you to be. We want you to be what God wants you to be. And if you're not a supporter, uh, that's fine. Uh, but we do have an option for you to send in a question. And you can ask for prayer or you can ask for some guidance on our website. And we would love to walk you through our sanctification center and, and get you some resources that would help you. And so if you're not a supporter, please take advantage of our sanctification center at lifeovercoffee.com. Let it work for you. And if you need some guidance, Again, all you have to do is ask, and we would love uh, to serve you because I want you to be able to not only go through this season, but I, I want you to have my experience, honestly, uh, to where it was difficult back then, uh, no question, uh, but God flipped that narrative, and that's my hope for you, uh, that what 
is evil right now, God has something fabulous in mind in the future. And if we or others can help you to uh, close that gap and make that trek from from the difficult time to the grateful time, uh, we would love to be part of that process and just, just let us know how we can help. God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.